Before we get into today's game scoop, let's take a moment for a shout out to our sponsor, Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create an awesome website, connect with your audience, and sell anything all in one place, all on your terms. With Squarespace, you can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream. You design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. You can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or most popular products. Ready to get started? Head over to squarespace.com gamescoop for a free trial. And when it's showtime, use our special promo code gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me today, Justin Davis, Scoop. Greg Miller, hey! the ghost of Brian Altano, Ooh, bro, sitting in the, the chair over there. Like meatballs. He may be resurrected uh, shortly to join us here. It's cryptic. Yeah. So much to talk about this week. Uh, GTA V is now out on our new gym platforms. In got, first person. We've got a couple 10-year uh, anniversaries to celebrate. A first person? But first. Yeah. The first person <laughs> mode was just introduced into video games 10 years ago. First, uh, Far Cry 4 is awesome. Yep. That's our big story. Amazing game. This week. So good. The top story, Far Cry 4, <laughs> is just the bees knees. The bees knees. The best thing to happen since sliced bread. The yeah. business. Yeah. Ooh, the business. Uh, give him the business. Yeah, I've played a lot of it. Greg, I knew you played yeah. a heck of a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Justin's played a bit of it. Yeah, so I started to play Far Cry 4, but I'm, I'm obsessed with Dragon Age Inquisition. Gotcha. And the games are so different that... You know, Dragon Age, I love it, but it's I'm, t- I'm having a conversation with the guy, and he says, I dream of dreams of ancient ruins, and I and then I switch to try to play Far Cry, and there's people, yeah, there's people shouting, things and shooting in and grabbing you, yeah, yeah. Air, and I and I, so I did like the first three missions in Far Cry, and I'm like, I can't. It's too. This is too extreme. It's too much, and like even the movement, like you move really fast in yeah. this mm-hmm, game mm-hmm. and shoot really fast, and so I, I'm 100% gonna play it, but I gotta wait till I'm through Dragon Age. We were just talking, and just it feels very similar to Far Cry Three. Yeah. If you liked Far Cry 3, I'm sure you're going to like Far Cry 4. Just punch that wolf. Yeah. 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 Knocked him the F out. 
Uh, is all of this footage from you and Brian playing? No, no, no. This is a mixture of me and Alfredo, uh, Brian and I, and then Tim and Alfredo. There's yeah. a whole bunch of mashups here. Uh, it, it almost feels like Far Cry 3 Part 2. Yeah, yeah, totally. It definitely does feel like Far Cry 3 2, which I, that's not necessarily a good nor bad. It's not yeah. a value judgment, but this is not like a crazy. They edition. didn't reinvent the wheel here. No. Like I was telling you guys, the first time yeah. we sat down to do our Let's Plays, they gave me the controller and I jumped in. And it was like, oh, okay. I immediately went to stealth. I immediately yeah. started taking guys out, clearing the base, doing everything. You can but, pull up the binoculars and yeah. mark everybody up. The co op's the new feature for it, being able to jump mm-hmm. in, play with other people, run around, and do that. That is fun. I mean, Part of Far Cry Ride is the fact that it's that sandbox world, right? Your experiences are, you know, your own, and the fact that, like, this, this starts with that, you know, we stumble on a tiger cave, and then we see it, and I'm like, how are we going to do it? And I throw a grenade just as it runs out, and then it explodes, <laughs> and the tiger shoots at us like a 3D movie yep, and tumbles yep. past us, and it's like, well, that's amazing. They One of the big new things is, uh, I mean, it's always been an open world. That's always been Far Cry's thing, but now you have the little, I don't know what they call it, the little personal helicopter. Oh, the gyrocopter. The gyrocopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Very like, difficult to pilot. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the fun one. That, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and when like, you're playing with other people, they can, atta- they can attach to the bottom of the grappling hook and then get pulled around. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. But that plus the wingsuit and that, like, it, it's l- turning you loose to a little bit greater degree than 3 right. did to, like, you're running amok in this sandbox compared to, like, it kind of ruling you is how I felt about 3, kind of. Yeah, you're the commander here, I yeah. think. You feel, that you feel like you're empowered at any second to do anything. Yeah. Super excited to play more. I thought Dragon Age would be my winter break game, but now I think this will be my winter break game. This is going to be my Thanksgiving break game. Ooh, that's oh, right. We get a Thanksgiving break coming that's up. Just oh, next but I got a baby. Yeah, that was a bad <laughs> move. I warned you. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything is terrible now. <laughs> Love her to death, but there's certain times where I'm like, yes, Dragon Age all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Nope, never again. Oh, wait, that thing keeps yeah. pooping. I got to take care of that. He's got a tooth, uh, tooth now. What? Do you what? Think of, yeah, he's got a tooth. Wow. Yeah, first tooth. What do you think of Troy Baker's performance? For I, 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 I like what I had seen of it. I, yeah. I, the opening is really, really well done with him. I, I, the, for context on my Far Cry experience, I've probably played four hours of it all in Let's Plays and not story-based. So it's me yeah. fooling around doing other things with people. So what the main knock I hear is there's not enough of them. Yeah, that's kind of like you have the same experience when you do play the story because he shows up in the beginning and then he's just gone for hours and hours and hours. Sometimes yeah. he'll check in on the radio once... Like every hour or two, but yeah. Okay. I wonder why. Mm. He's expensive. He's Troy Baker. <laughs> he's got, he's, he, you see the fancy him. socks that guy wears? Holy <laughs> he's cow! In trust everything. Me. Yeah. I don't think he's that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> he's reasonable. Yeah. Um, you hear about they uh, they built in some uh, uh, what piracy the piracy thing? That's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah, it yeah. when developers do stuff like this. Sure. Although it is. It, so uh, I want to clarify that in this instance, so uh, people were complaining on the internet and saying this game doesn't have a field of view slider on PC, which is a setting that they expect to be in every which PC is, game, and they yeah. were complaining on Reddit and other yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out that that field of view slider comes in a day one patch that yeah. you don't get if you pirate the game. So right. it wasn't something that Ubisoft put in specifically to catch pirates. Got it. But they were catching. But it was out. a way to do. But there has been games like Alan Wake was a game that if it detected that you were pirating it, Alan just wore an eye patch. <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> and there's been other things. Uh, one of the Serious Sam games, um, the first weapon you picked up, it spawned a crazy fast invincible scorpion that would just hunt you down and kill you if it detected that mm-hmm. you pirated the game. Yeah. So this is a little bit different than that. But, but yeah, it's awesome. So what is the field of view slider? For those of us that don't do a lot of PC gaming, 
Like, what is it even doing? It shows you like the angle that you can view, like how much of uh, your peripheral. Yeah, like how much of your peripheral you can. So see. if you have one of those curved monitors, uh, you want a lot of. Really? Even if you don't, and if you have a four by three, you want it right there. <laughs> even if it's not know. a curved monitor, like. I didn't update my drivers before I <laughs> bothered dealing with it. Well, so what happened is. These people pirated the game, and then this feature they're expecting wasn't in there, and they were complaining on the official forums. Ugh. Like, how crappy a person do you have to be to steal a game and then go complain about it? Well, if you, I mean, in that article, right, the Ubisoft number that they had thrown out, I think in 2012 or 2013, right, was like that 93% of PC of games, PC games, yeah, are pirated for the big, big yeah. AAA games. They did clarify that number because they had to walk it back. They're like, mm. well, this is only in some countries and for certain yeah, yeah, things yeah. and for certain, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a big problem. It remains a problem on the PC platform. Yeah. Um, I do think it's not as big as Ubisoft makes it. Mm. But yeah, to complain to want like tech support help with a game that you stole. Sure. Yeah. The guy so it takes we, balls. It does. It takes something. Uh, Luckily, we, the internet's got balls. Uh, IGN wrote a news story about this piracy story, mm-hmm. like pirates being caught, and we linked to a Reddit post where a guy was complaining about the field of view, and he's like, "Well, looks like IGN found this." And the guy on Reddit's like, "Let me explain. Ubisoft has had a lot of problems with their PC games, and they don't release PC demos. And so I really just downloaded this as a demo. It's like, nah, man, you got, you got caught. Yeah, just own it. Give it up. Uh, anyway, Far Cry Four is out. It's awesome. Really enjoying it. One of my favorite games of the year. But you, you, you will not stop seeing the praise of Dragon Age oh, Inquisition. My. Yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition, which I've just barely started. I need to spend more time with my clear game of the year, uh, hands down. Actually, although to be fair, again, I haven't spent as much time with Far Cry as I want. Um, it's incredibly impressive, and this is coming. I wasn't wild about Dragon Age Origins, and I skipped two. Um, mm-hmm. Origins I found really boring. Um, Inquisition is much, much, much better. Yeah. What it, makes it so it's not boring? Is it the, is it the story, <laughs> the action? What's happening? Uh, sure. So it's the. The game is huge to start with, which yeah. huge is neither good nor bad. Like huge is just huge, but it's huge and polished, which okay. is like this combination okay. that you don't see very often. Yeah. Um, so it's got. I've seen some people online complaining about some of the open world stuff, where it's a little bit of a collectathon, where it's mm-hmm. like go to this point in the map and do this, go to this point in the map and do that. But I feel like it's really thoughtful and polished in the way. Like there's these shards you need to collect in the world, and a lesser game would just like drop them in the world and be like find them. But in this game, it like ties into the lore, and then when you get enough, you can go to this secret like dungeons, and the more shards you've unlocked, it will open up a door and give you gotcha. a bonus. And the way that you collect them is uh, there's kind of little traversal puzzles to like figure out how to get to them. So they take everything and like take it to kind of the next level. Interesting. I guess. Okay. And I actually really really like the story. I think it's interesting. Um, Greg, you're not usually a big fantasy guy, right? Are you, are you interested in Dragon Age? Are you going to check it out? I'm interested because everybody talks about how much they like it, but like my girlfriend's playing it and she's like super into Bioware games. And yeah. this, it took her like 11 tries to get the character just the way she wanted <laughs> it to look. So like, she kept going in and quitting and coming back. Yeah. So I'm, I was watching some of it last night before bed and I'm like, all right, I don't know if this speaks to stuff I'd want to do. No, but. I mean, I love it. It's my game of the year, but if you're not in Elves and Dwarves, exactly. And you know, I'm not. Person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm not going to try to say. Like, but, like, but I mean, like, there's exceptions to that all the time. Like, I, like, I love Skyrim. I put a whole bunch of hours into Skyrim. Yeah, if you like I, Skyrim, you should maybe yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. Um, in, the, in your heart of hearts, you pick that over Hearthstone? Your uh, game of the year? Baby. Did Hearthstone come out this year? Like yeah. in January? I yeah, guess it officially was launched in March. Two babies on their own trail train tracks. You can oh, only save yeah. one. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious! Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't make. I need to. I need to go like meditate and come yeah. back with an answer. Um, last thing I want to say about Dragon Age. I liked Skyrim a lot. I put like 200 hours into it. But kind of the problem with that game, or a lot of other sort of open world big games, 
is there's not story justification for what you're doing. Sure. So you need to save the world and shit's falling apart and it's awful, but then someone's like, can you go get my, I left a lamb's... My, my, my rabbit escaped from its yeah. pen. Can, yeah. And so you do that stuff, that's like the unspoken contract between like you and the game is you do it because it's fun. You don't do it because it makes sense in the context yeah, of the yeah. game. And Dragon Age is so smart in how it solves this. You're the leader of this group, and so you need to spend power to unlock like story missions, and you earn that power and influence by completing side missions. And so it'll be like, get this horse lord on your side by doing these quests for sure. him, and then he'll join you, and then that gives you you know three power, and then you spend that to advance the story. And gotcha. so it's the first game that I've seen has like an actual intelligent way that like doing these side quests and clearing out an area and like making it better is spreading the influence of you're the leader of the Inquisition, and it's gotcha. like then you're getting people. He started on your smiling side. like you were thinking of something funny. Is he gone? Yeah, I wasn't thinking of anything funny. I was just enjoying <laughs> yeah. his story. He's crafting a tale over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think I think that's super clever, and it's it's yeah, it's one of the first games where like you go into an area and clear it out. Like in Far Cry, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I did the outpost, I sure. did like this. But now there's more of a, like it's having a tangible benefit on the world, and I that's guess, cool. and it, you feel like the Inquisition getting stronger as mm-hmm. you. Go oh, that's really game. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds interesting. Um, you're, I know I'm trying to move on, but keep talking about Dragon Age. You, you brought up the, you mentioned the title screen, how it has a cool title screen. Yeah. But it was kind of ruined for me because, like, I agree, it's a cool image, and then you hit the start button and uh, the, yeah. whatever happens. But then, like, the first thing that happens is like accessing EA servers. Oh yeah. That yeah. just kind of like killed the moment for me. So they have this cool tool called the Dragon Age Keep, where because saves from Dragon Age One and Two don't carry over, uh-huh. and so their compromise was there's this web tool where you can choose like what happened in those games. I saved this character, I oh, sided with me. the mages, and then it communicates with EA Origin to import that shit into Inquisition. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm really skeptical of any single player game that has to communicate to the internet. Yeah. But at least Dragon Age has like a good reason sure. for doing it. So it's trying to pull it. Builds your world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, another game that's out this week because every game is out this week. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V. All the games. Yeah, what's that's that's that Stevie Wonder song? From the trailer, for the, uh, the original trailer for Grand Theft Auto V. I don't remember that at all. If you heard it, you would remember. It's a good jam. I mean, I know the song. Okay. I just don't remember. That was from the trailer. Anyway. Our first uh, review. Yeah, Dan Stapleton is work, still working on the, the, the review of the current gen version. Danny Staples, yeah. as we call him. But uh, everything else that I'm seeing... Uh, all the other reviews seem it's, it seems to be getting just as high scores as last year. As GTA Online is still kind of broken. Mm. Unbelievably, surprise, a year surprise. later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the single player stuff is obviously bigger and better than ever. Mm. Computer, yeah. Well, they they have actually added quite a bit of new stuff. New songs, Damon. Yeah, I know, like over a hundred songs. So I got to check it out because this the soundtracks to GTA games are always so good. That's the thing that blows me away about this one is like they didn't need to add they didn't need to add any new songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let alone over one hundred. Why is there one hundred and thirty new songs? Like it's almost like it's almost too much. No, I think it's awesome. Too much. Uh, This footage. Well, this is footage of they added a peyote. There's like different areas of the game where you can take peyote and then go on. You go on the yeah. you go on these spirit quests. But yeah. you, the the big thing about the peyote is each one that you eat turns you into a different animal, mm. and each animal has their own like special move. Like you can fly around as a bird and poop on people. Yep, that's what I want to do if I ever turn into a bird. And then I saw I didn't see the context. I just saw an animated GIF of someone running around as a cat, and then a police officer ran up and beat the cat to death. How awesome is it that you can see like the downtown skyline? Way off in the distance. There. Yeah, like I, yeah, yeah. I'm actually not the biggest fan of this game, but I'm still very, I can still be very impressed by it. its scope and oh, man, yeah. grandeur. Oh, uh, but this is footage of Marty taking peyote, is what we're. Oh, Marty, at. yeah, 
I like Franklin's beard. Yeah, he looks good. This is a good looking Franklin. I mean, for me, the you know, <laughs> I, I when 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 it first got announced, or we all knew it was coming. Yeah. I was like, whatever, no big deal. Then yeah. when I started saw when I saw the first person stuff, I was like, so here we are. I yeah. really want to play the game a little bit at least. They like didn't that. half-ass it. The no, and then even stuff like, like this. The fact that there's like goofy stuff like this in there makes me think I'll fall back down maybe over Christmas yeah. break, get yeah. into it, and actually play more of it. But like. It, I mean, for me, the still the killer is just the fact that I can't bring over my single player save. I know, I feel the exact. If same I could have brought my save over, then awesome. Then I would totally be there taking peyote yeah. right now, shooting yep. things from first person mode, having a great time. Yeah, Justin, but, you talked about how you wish games would uh, give you the keys to the city more often. Yeah, right? like once and just let you run around. Once crazy. you've beaten a game, or they, yeah. even Rockstar actually has something similar to what I was describing with Dragon Age, where you can go to their website. And it tracks in minute detail every little thing you ever did. Like, you've completed these 13 of 100 side quests. Here's all your scores in the single-player mission. Yeah. So if they're tracking all that, it feels like you should have been able to import that into the next-gen version right, instead right. of just your online character. Um, yeah, because I, I started going down the path in GTA of 100%ing it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> Poor chicken. Um, but then I eventually got sidetracked, and I yeah. would pick this up and probably go back and 100% the game. Yeah, 100%. I'm, not, I'm not going through that like 40 hours story. And that's the thing game. is that I, I enjoyed GTA 5. I yeah, had a great too. time with it. it. Uh, I loved the story when I was going through it, but like, I, I just know yeah. who I am. I just don't like replaying stories. And like yeah. to go back and replay something that took that long, right, and do all those little things. It's like, uh. Yeah, and the story is really, really good, but it is it does have its highs and lows. Like yeah, I'd like to do sort of the some of the awesome missions again, but like I don't want to ride around with like Jimmy again and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that stuff serves an important narrative purpose, but like that um, that's one time is enough. Sure, me. sure, 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 sure. Well, the first person view is the other uh, a, a bit huge addition to the game, which right. we have some footage of here. It's enabling a uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. All sorts of different... And that was the thing, right? Close-ups that you didn't, didn't get to see before. There's this, and then there's so much footage online of people running around first-person mode, mowing people down in the streets. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty f- disturbing. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a really well, like, this, interesting... Not this, the mowing people well, down. Well, even like this and the sex, like, the sex that you could have in this game in first-person mode, all is very like... Uh, like it makes you feel different than when I was in yeah, third totally, person totally. running around shooting things and being stupid when we were doing our subway puncher thing, right? Yeah, for like we, sure. We I ran mean, around punching people to death in the subway. It was funny. When yeah. I first heard about this, though, I have to say it's not quite as scandalous as people are making it sound. No, like, we actually they still have all their clothes on. You're just like seeing them. They're basically just like dry humping and grinding. Well, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like robotic and yeah. weird and gross. Yeah, and like that might kind of be a commentary sure. of what it's like to pick up a prostitute in downtown yeah. LA. But uh, I've never had. But a it's like. It's crazy to think that this animation was like all happening in the car yeah, right. when when we were in third person view and like you never see any of it. Yeah, yeah. there's all kinds of little stuff like uh, if you get a phone call when you're driving, your character. <laughs> all, right, looks, all right, computer. That's yeah, the, that's enough. Beep, right. beep, enough beep, of that beep, I do think there's a difference. Uh, Kes McDonald used to work for IGN. Now she yeah. works for Taku in the UK, and she wrote a really good thing about the first person sex in GTA. And she's mm-hmm. like. This she is, thought it was just sad. Yeah, she's like, this is sad and weird and not titillating at all. Yeah. and like why. But I, so I do separate that in the violence. Sure. Like to yeah. me, the violence is like more realistic than ever. Yeah. Tell gross. me, why does the violence give you pause? Because like, there's l- plenty of games where you could run around first person mowing people down. I know, and I I get that, and I guess it's it, it's so weird to try to uh, to vocalize what the difference is. And I'm because they're not enemies in this game. Exactly. They're not your enemies in this. I mean, game. Yeah, that's I, like they're just like. In, like bystanders. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of remember the outrage over the Call of Duty airport level, right? Yeah. And that's what this is. This is you're walking down the street in first person mode, and everybody's just chilling, going about their LA business. Yeah. And then yeah, you exactly. break up, you're going to start like, mowing people down. This is a dude holding a latte and they're talking running on the phone and, and they're screaming. And, and it's like, like I can't. I guess 
it would have just been the step back before in third person of, mm-hmm. I know what kind of character Michael is. I know who he is. Trevor is obviously goofy and crazy. Like, there's all, it, you know, I've made my Franklin have this giant fro and he's like yeah, walking, yeah. And he just got high. And it's like, for that little bit of context makes it different. And then when you're in first person and it's, it is you at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it role playing anymore? Yeah. And, I, and I'm not like saying it should be banned or anything like that, sure. but it was watching it, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you're like walking up with a hatchet and like hatchet exactly. people. Exactly, like, and there's new melee weapons that it feel like they're specifically designed to, like I, uh, for one of the first times in my life, I had to like look away where we had a, it was an IGN video, the guy had a hammer. Yeah. And he was sprinting around with a hammer, like getting ready to hammer people, and I'm like, nah, I don't, I had to, I was yeah, like. Yeah, it was a weird, I didn't expect that, like when they said it first person, like, oh, that sounds cool, and the driving would be nice, and then you look at it like. Yeah, for like GTA missions, when you're against an enemy and they're trying to kill you, a different sure, yeah. story than just like. Walking around being the subway puncher. That's mm-hmm. to me. That's the big difference is whether they're an adversary or whether they're just someone in the world. Like if they're if you're in a gang and then it's a rival gang member, it's like all right, man, get fucked. Like yeah. you know, but, <laughs> it's gotta go. Yeah. I'm not going in the ground. You are. Yeah, but when it yeah when yeah. it's a dude, just an LA dude with his dumb glasses and his coffee. Yeah, and you're just knocking him out. It's like huh. I don't, I don't care for that. Yeah. I'm, again, like Greg, I don't think it should be banned or anything, but just me personally, I found it. It weird. caught me off guard. That I was like, yeah. huh, it's weird that I'm just, uh, that makes me feel yeah. different than it did when it was in makes third. Makes you feel something. Yeah, it's been so long. Maybe, maybe just getting older. No, I don't like that answer. I don't like that when people are like, ooh, ooh whoa, whoa, <laughs> computer, Good like, shot. bring back Damon's desktop. <laughs> uh, Sands through the hourglass. Do you see that, uh, that PS4 Black Friday bundle? It's a really good deal. I didn't see it. It comes with GTA V and Last of Us Remastered. How much is it? For 400 Oh, nice. That is a good one. Just bundle with two free, two free games for your PS4. Uh, and then did you hear about uh, the Walmart? Yeah. 90 bucks? Right? Yeah. Uh, they changed their policy, too, as a result. Yeah, they had to update the policy. Well, I mean, the, it, it makes sense. If anyone didn't catch this story, some people tricked Walmart into selling them $90 PlayStation 4s by creating fake Amazon listings, which is apparently easy to do if you have an Amazon seller's account to yeah. create an authentic-looking yeah. Amazon listing for a $90 PS4. You should, all they do is show it to the cashier at Walmart, and they're, you know, yep. they don't know any better. I get it. Say, yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, well, even if you did know better, like, let me bring it up on my phone. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what they're selling it for. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, so we got a statement from Walmart today, uh, and so they had to update their policy so that Third party, they're not. Gonna, they will accept stuff from Amazon, like only that's sold by Amazon, right. not sold by third parties through Amazon. So I thought that yeah. was interesting. I guess I just buy everything online anyway. Yeah. I don't even really consider like price matching policies yeah. these days. I just, yeah, I don't. it's so weird when I go back to like, Missouri or whatever, and I go into like a Target or something. It's like, wow, yeah, I haven't been in a place like this in ages. Well, I go to Target all the time. <laughs> I don't. So I thought you use Google Shopping for everything now. Yeah, I or, do. Is yeah. that what's called? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Google, Google Express. Google Express. Oh, that's the best if you're in a city that supports it. You got that Google Express? I just order like Amazon. No, I, yeah, I mean, I used to have Safeway like deliver my groceries. Google Express, yes, like same day delivery yeah. from, for anything. Yeah. Anyway. Costco. So good. Uh, let's move on. This week we're celebrating two 10th anniversaries. <gasps> the first one happened on Sunday, the 16th. That was the 10th anniversary of Half Life 2. Greg's favorite game. Yep. Damn it. Big what, fan. Big fan of Half-Life 2. Did I steal your joke? I uh, actually have uh, IGN's video review of Half-Life 2 from... Oh, look at that old watermark. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be old everything. Yeah. 2004. Who reviewed it? I, Roper? I, I would have to, I'd have to listen to it. To Possibly know. Steve anyway. Butts? Uh, Possibly Steve Butts? It's been 10 years since Half-Life 2 came out. It's a long time, man. 
uh, incredibly influential game. Its influence is still being felt in Singapore. I mean, it changed shooter campaigns, you know, yeah. video game shooters campaigns forever. I mean, some people believe, myself included, that uh, there still has not been a better single-player first-person shooter released to this day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it depends on, like, I certainly find the gameplay in something like Halo to be stronger, but, like, in terms of narrative and, you know, world design and things of that nature, sure, I would give it to Half-Life. But now, ten years later, we still don't have Half-Life 3. It's been How do you follow up? Oh, Dan Adams. Dan Adams. Damn, we should have known that. That's an easy one. It's been seven years since Half-Life 2, Episode 2 was released. Yeah, I thought it was six years. Six or seven years, sure. Six, episode 1 came in 2006. Oh, wow. Okay. 2 in 2007. And then that was it. That was just the last we ever heard of the Half-Life franchise. We wrote, Mitch Dyer actually just wrote a yeah. thing for IGN yesterday uh, about this topic. Um, Valve is a super different company now, right? Like Steam... Well, still, so Steam launched with, with Half-Life 2. Yeah. Um, so Steam makes them billions of dollars now. Uh, so, so they really don't even need to make games at all. Yeah. And the games that they do make are stuff like, you know, if you look at what they have in common, uh, Counter-Strike Go, Team Fortress 2, and Dota 2, all online... Um, you know, all not specifically free to play in the case of Counter Strike, I don't believe. Um, but they're they're just different, right? They're not making these single player narrative driven games anymore. Very expensive to make, very hard to make, not a lot of payoff. But they started something. It's it's just like if after Empire Strikes Back, George Lucas is like, well, done. That's probably it. Probably don't ever need to wrap this story up. Yeah, it sucks. I definitely want. I want to see them finish it. I almost feel like man, like Valve's in a tight spot because they're so good. Portal Two was my one of my favorite games I've ever played yeah. ever. So I certainly believe that they can deliver yeah. Half Life Three. But like the the more time that goes by, the harder it gets for them. Like, what if they deliver a great game? It's still gonna be like like just people's heads and their heads are expectations yeah. for right. it. They want it so bad. Like yeah. it's like the Star Wars prequels. Like it almost doesn't matter how good they are. Like yeah. well, with every year that goes by. People are just going to be, I feel like, more and more disappointed with whatever the finished product The expectation ends up being. goes higher and higher and higher. Yeah. Especially as you bring in new people who hear so, you guys lie all the time about how great this game is. <laughs> and then they're like, well, gosh, when 3 comes around, i got to play it. And they'll play it. And they'll be like, this is like Duke Nukem forever. Well, I also don't like, we make the mistake of, so I don't like it when people attribute things to just IGN as if it's a singular thing. And yeah. I'm like, no, nah, there's yeah. been dozens of people that have worked here and have done different creative works. And like, Valve's the same way, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think that company has the same staff turnover that, like, maybe some other places do. I think people love working there. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people that made some of their big single-player experiences are not at that company anymore. And so it's like, how many people work at Valve that weren't even there when Half-Life 2 was made? Yeah. So, I I, I don't know. I don't envy the pressure that they must feel to deliver. I mean, the reality is we we may never play Half-Life 3. 2 was so good. Except for climbing up and down ladders. <laughs> that came as a 10 out of 10. That was the rough spot. We're now joined by Brian Altano. Oh, man. What's up? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> You're just in time to talk... Oh, man. What's up? Oh, I just appeared here. Hello. You're just in time to talk about the Nintendo DS, which was released 10 years ago. Actually, today, the day that this episode is released. Oh, Ten wow. years. Look at how ugly that, that thing was. Yeah. What a hideous beast. Oh, the original. I don't. When I picture Ugh. the DS, I don't picture. I picture the light. Yeah, I picture the light. the cute and sexy little DS. When light. you say, I'm the same way. When you say the Nintendo DS, I picture the very thin, streamlined DS light or yeah. the DSi. Uh, I, 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 th- I picture like this whitewashed room and Beyonce's playing Nintendogs on it. Everything's clean and organized. This thing was monster. not any of those <laughs> things. Monster. Uh, it was. Also, almost impossible to play 
in any sort of sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard yeah. to see. Do you remember, were you guys, were any of you at the E3 where the original DS was unveiled and playable for the first time? So that would have been E3 2004, the early no. release? Mm, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Well, anyway, so the point is they hadn't quite figured out what to do with that touchscreen yet, and, like, all their demos were terrible. And obviously the DS was an incredible console, but there was a Sonic the Hedgehog demo where all you did was slide I do stylus. remember that demo. I remember watching videos for that on IGN. It was basically you just spun. And you did the, the thing where you rev up Sonic, but you did it with a touchscreen. The faster you slid the stylus, like, the faster Sonic go, and people are like... <laughs> and I remember most uh, most of the journalists that came back from E3 just talked about how destroyed those screens were by the yeah, end of the, yep. the end of the first that. few days because tens of thousands of people came in there and they're just stroking Sonic and then and just you had you had stroking uh, Sonic <laughs> su- you had Super Mario 64 DS that you could either play with the thumb nub yeah on the, 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 or the, the thumb strap yeah the thumb which strap. shipped with every one of those and I then was quietly thing. killed. So it's like it's like obviously it's so funny that the DS is maybe one of my favorite consoles ever. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Incredible game library, but it just oh, yeah. shows that even Nintendo, man, like they don't exactly know what they're doing when they like launch a new console. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. I mean, they, I I feel like it always takes them a little while to get around yeah. to getting it together when mm-hmm. it comes to handhelds. I, I actually no, I GBA, I think it I think it true. almost always does, in <laughs> fact. Uh, every every first their first iteration of of each of their handhelds is is a borderline painful, <laughs> yeah. broken. There's always yeah. something completely wrong about it. You look at the original Game Boy, it launched, it was a gigantic brick with puke green. They made it slim in, with the pocket. They made it black and white. Uh, eventually, they made it color. The DS, uh, or the Game Boy Advance, um, was completely dark. Yeah, you it, couldn't it was, see anything on it. Yeah. Um, they made it smaller. They made it clamshell. God, the clamshell was so good. Uh, it was so yep. much better. Yep, yep. Um, this thing was a clunky mess. It felt, I think we used to call it the, it was like a layer cake because it was just yeah, basically yeah. all different sizes. It was heavy. It was very uncomfortable. The stylus was in a weird place. Battery life was bad. Um, and they improved all of that. Even even like the online integration. Even the original 3DS, if you look at that. Kind of compared to that the, the DS was not a hit for like a year. Oh yeah? No. It was Nintendogs and Brain Age. Yeah, yeah that wasn't that until like that summer of whatever the next. Yeah, the PSP often outsold. Actually, the I knew, like the new, new Super Mario Brothers was was one of the, was one of the ones run. for like for core gamers that yeah, was really sure. yeah. like that was when I fell in love with my 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 uh, my light because there was there was a there was a while there where the MPD charts it was always on it was just one of those games that just had legs. It did sell well right at first. Yeah, so it's out, it was out November twenty first two thousand four. Uh, just in time for Black Friday sales. Yeah. It sold a million units in like the first month. I was one of them. Well, it's also, yeah. again, it's one of those things where it's hard to remember that context now, but there'd not been a 2D Mario in a decade at that time. Like 2D an, Mario an, original, an original 2D Mario, yeah, we hadn't had one in mm-hmm. since and so that was a, Super Mario World, really. That was really. a big, big deal. And of course, it's led to this. It's not a big deal now. Now we get a 2D Mario all the time. We're spoiled for you know awesome 2D and 3D Mario games. But yeah, that was a massive deal back then. Part of the reason... It probably took a while to really catch on because the launch lineup was just... Its launch lineup is pretty dismal. Yeah. Here it is. Rub you Rabbits. Want, you have something to say? Uh, no, I, just remember the, I'm, I remember the launch King lineup. Pals. Asphalt Urban GT from Gameloft. Yep. Feel the Magic, and I've got a couple oh, of photos yeah, here. yeah, I owned Feel the Magic. Madden NFL 2005, Ping Pals, Ridge Racer DS, Spider-Man 2, Sprung, Metroid Prime Sp- Hunters... Only vaguely remember that one. The demo. Super Mario, yeah, it came with a demo of that. Super Mario 64 DS, The Herbs, Sims in the City, Mm -hmm. and Tiger Woods PGA Tour. And some of these games were pretty, like, Can I admit something on the show right now? Yes. I owned about, I think I bought about half, if not 
seventy percent of those launch games yeah, that weren't like except for the EA ones and the and the pure bottom of the barrel junk like uh, yeah. Ping Pals, which yeah. was basically Picto Chat with emoticons, yeah. and Sprung, which was a dating sim. Well, yeah. So like, Feel the Magic was called Project Rub, yeah, in the UK, which we've got the box art here. It's I'd just, buy that. It's just pretty. It's pretty racy for Nintendo. Feel it is. Project, Feel the Magic was a game. totally good game. That's like an underrated DS launch game. It is, yeah. It's um, it's a like a slower paced, even more Japanese WarioWare. Yeah, it's like little, it's little touch mini games like WarioWare. It was better yeah. than WarioWare touched. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I ran. I at the time the DS came out, I worked for a website focused specifically on handheld gaming, so I actually know a tremendous <laughs> amount about. Uh, well, yeah, this is the sprung box art where a game where everyone scores. Oh, yeah. I just, it's just really it's just really odd that they launched this new a game where only white people score. <laughs> yes. I yes. like that. Hooked up, it says right there. Yeah, he's got brass knuckles to say hooked up. Look at this guy. He's like, don't leave the hot tub. We were just getting started. This is like a dating sim. Why does he yeah. talk? Like I don't know. Yeah, Who's this guy? Is he oh he's puppeteering this? Yeah, this yeah couple he's the puppet master on the couple. Yeah. Yeah. That's you. A, it was like a dating game. I like the girl that's dressed as a pimp. Hooked of, up. There we go. That was uh, that was Ubisoft too. That was Ubisoft in it's the mid two thousands. Like, can you imagine that company doing well, something so like that now? Well, so the the, the, the be a lot of Uplay integration. <laughs> the problem with the Nintendo DS is that it, it it really never really caught its footing of what it wanted to be, whether it was a uh, a two D platform or a three D platform. So that's why you had games like Spider Man at launch that were that fake two point five D, right? And then you had Super Mario sixty four, which was three D but didn't have an analog stick. So you had to use your touchscreen yeah. or a stylus or the D pad, which barely worked. You know, I was just thinking about Super Mario sixty four DS the other day. Uh, that game had thirty more stars in it. Yeah, that's like what people kind of tend to forget or don't think about that much. Super Mario sixty four, one of the greatest games of all time, my third favorite game ever made. And like, there's a version of it that's got more content that I don't think I ever saw on those stars. I, I saw it. I didn't even play that. Like, I've gotten. I didn't want to play with the D pad. I, I got all 120 stars in Super Mario 64. I've done. I do it every few years, and yet there's this version of it that's kind of locked away behind this like terrible control scheme. So not only does it have more stars, it actually has more stages, more playable characters, more playable characters that you switch to with hats. I mean, in the original yeah. game, you got Yoshi if you jumped on top of the but, roof at yeah, the very yeah, end yeah. of the 120 well, stars. It was an Easter egg. It was an Easter egg. Really, like, yeah, you couldn't even really do, do anything. He was just like, "Hey Mario." Yeah. He was it's just me, like, "Here's Yoshi. infinite lives." Uh, and everyone wanted to play as Luigi, but in this one you finally could. And yeah, it's it's all that cool content in the Super Mario 64 hub world, yeah. which is one of the greatest games of all time, is buried on that that system it's like with it's, a D-pad. It's so it's a crime. We were I was that's why I was thinking about this is because we were gonna write a feature of the definitive version of games that's like locked mm. away that either have some fatal flaw like the controls in this instance. Like it's crazy. Like what if they release Super Mario sixty four DS but on like the Wii U Virtual Console or something like some way that you can actually play it with proper three D controls. Like yeah, I would love to go back and see what those stars were about. Me too. Sure. Uh, DS was notable for being the first N- Nintendo hardware launched in North America before Japan. Okay, it was released here first. Interesting. Anyway, I remember. A fun fact there. Thanks, Amy. I remember uh, specifically. I played the Metroid Prime Hunters demo in a Best Buy, and yeah. I was like, "This is weird," but I still have to buy this because yeah. it says Nintendo on it. I waited until so I waited yeah. until Advance Wars came out. And then, oh, that's excellent oh, game! Wow, yeah. Yeah. excellent game. That's when I got it. Um, yeah, great. Uh, the DS one was. Uh, in my opinion, a little bit lesser, but still great. Uh, also this week, the creators of Maniac Mansion 
have unveiled a new game, the the spiritual successor to Ron, Maniac Ron Mansion. Gilbert, yeah. Ron Gilbert and uh, what's the other guy's name? Ron Gilbert's friend. <laughs> Our, uh, Don making, Gilbert. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Making it's called Thimbleweed Park, and it's an old school classic point and click adventure game with you know, made to look just like uh, Maniac Mansion did. The idea is that. This is supposed to be an, an, an old Lucas arts game that someone just found in a desk somewhere that was uh-huh. never published and is now being brought out. Same pixel art yeah, style, like same point-and-click adventure, yeah. sort of. They're trying to raise money on Kickstarter. The last I checked, I was actually super surprised. I mean, I think this looks rad, but yeah. they're trying to raise three hundred and seventy-five grand, and I was like, oh, man, yeah, I don't know if people like are going to go for it. to make this, but what do I know? What no, I, I mean, that's, here's the deal. Like, I understand enough about game development. Like, I get it, right? Like, Gary Winnick. There he goes. That's that's why it's super expensive to make games. So I don't doubt that they need that much money, but I was just skeptical. I was worried yeah. that people wouldn't be willing to pitch it in. So where do you know where it's at? Uh, I don't know exactly where they're at, but the last I looked, it looked like they were on a good pace. Mm. They'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and really, honestly, yeah, like we hinted at it, but that's not a lot of money to make a video no, game. No, 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 it's not at all. But like, I just saw, like, you know how the internet is today. Sure. I just, like, look at the art of it. You can make this. You can bang this out in an afternoon. You make this on my phone. I'm, I can make this on my brother's phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And I was also the art's really cool. I'm actually know, really. Super, I'm surprised yeah. they went with this original style. Like, I mean, this is this yeah, is pretty awesome. I love the art. And regardless of you know what you think about the quality of the art, one thing that you cannot replicate is the sense of humor yeah. and the wit of these guys. No, these guys are sure. hilarious. Mm-hmm. It is. Even the trailer is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's even their they're muted they're, right now. But. but even their Kickstarter page is hilarious. On one of the early episodes of Up at Noon, Ron Gilbert was here and he talked about something very fascinating that has nothing to do with video games. He said that him and his wife watch, um, they watch their favorite shows on Netflix the way uh, TV would program them for them. So they're like, well, we, we're watching Lost and Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy. So Monday nights we're going to watch an episode <laughs> of Lost, an episode of Breaking Bad, and an episode of Sons of Anarchy. And Tuesday we're going to watch House and blah, 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 blah. So they never would sit there and like marathon through like 15 episodes in mm-hmm. a row. It was like one episode a week. That's so that sounds- he had a TV schedule on his, on his fridge <laughs> that he made himself. That sounds insane. Yeah. But then if you think about it for a second, it's actually kind of brilliant. Because mm-hmm. it's basically like the way that, w- that other people watch TV, but they just get the best of everything. Thing. Yeah, it's like imagine if every television show was one of the greatest shows ever made, and mm-hmm. you just got to watch I, them. Back I would to love to to like read a book on just quirks on game developers like that because mm-hmm. that's such a a game developer thing to say. Are you caught up with Sons of Anarchy? Y- yes, <laughs> I thought the last couple episodes are some of the best. So like they're, the entire they're, show. they're turning them. Like fine, it's finally like things are happening. And they're like, turning the show around again. The last couple episodes. Well, they only really have what? They, there's two hours yeah, left to, yeah, they to they finish it all. December 9th is the last yeah. uh, episode. So yeah, unless they pull a Dexter and the it ends with a zoom in on one of the characters and he's like. I'm in a Canadian logging community yeah. now. Yeah, he's in a Canadian biker gang. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, I will totally play Wait, Thimbleweed Park. Syrup. <laughs> I'll totally play Thimbleweed Park come June 2016. Yeah, you were saying that? You were saying that seems like, so far away. Yeah, a year and a half. But, like, here's the deal. We're only a few months away from 2015. Still a year and a half away. Ah. Well, so here's, the, here's, like, the weird problem with crowdsourcing is that you learn about things way earlier than you do games mm, that they have you, to. Yeah. yeah. So like if, if Ubisoft's like we're working on, you know, Child of Light 2. Like I won't know about that game until like 3 months before it's out, right? Yeah. It'll be at E3, they'll show us a trailer and then it'll be sure. like out this fall. But with with Kickstarter or crowdfunding stuff, like they need your money now so they can make it in a year and a half. So you end up knowing about this for the longest time. And yeah. I don't know if that helps or hurts. Yeah, well, it's like Far Cry th- 5 is coming in three years. And it's like, that seems impossible. You heard it here first. Everybody. Yeah. But you won't know about it for another two years, so don't worry about it. Yep. 
Um, I love that a game like this can exist and coexist alongside huge AAA. Dragon Age, Far Cry yeah, exactly. 4, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, we live in a, an awesome era yeah. that Although, can happen. There's a, 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 an ongoing debate as to uh, how good a year uh, this was for video games. Yeah. That's another, another topic. We'll save that for a future scoop. Yeah. Are you guys at all surprised to hear that Americans now spend more time on their smartphones than they do watching TV? No. It is official. It, it did just officially happen no. over the last nine months. Um, that's scary. It's very scary. Um, I, I, really? I read an article recently about how people going to college for the first time, like if you have a TV in your dorm, people are like, what's wrong with you? What a waste of space. Why don't you just watch shows on your laptop? Like, yeah. People have little MacBooks, and that's yeah. all they need. It's really it. I, watch, I mean, I have Netflix on my television, and I choose to watch it on my laptop. How come? Uh, I don't know. I just lay on the couch, and then it's just my routine. Then it sits on the coffee table, and that's just what I do. You know what? You can watch TV while laying on the couch, too. <laughs> I don't know. It feels more. I like like the closeness right. of it. It makes sense because your your phone is with you all day long, right? Yeah. And you have to leave your you have to say goodbye to your TV when you come to work in the morning. But you, Americans still watch. <laughs> your stomach's making the crazy. Growling. My stomach's growling. I had a I had a light <laughs> lunch. Mine, mine my does, body's like, what are you doing? Mine does the same thing. But I did not have a light lunch. I had an enormous burrito and I ate all of it. Nice work. Uh, yeah. What was I gonna say? You still watch, Americans watch an average of two hours, 48 minutes of TV a day. That's, still? Yeah. Seems like a lot. That's how much that's so TV much. they watch. And it's, that's remained constant for years. But now Americans spend an average of two hours, 57 minutes looking at their smartphones every day. So that's wait, so wait, so wait. The amount of TV hasn't dropped, but the amount of phone watching has climbed? Yeah. Well, like, what's being replaced? What's what are, what are so we interacting interacting with human beings? Uh, yeah, <laughs> hugging is being replaced. Yeah, uh, talking sucks. to people face to face, having uh, a normal conversation with somebody, having dinner with your family. This what we're doing right here, which is why I love yeah. doing stuff like this because this is like I, I'm not on my phone, I'm not watching. Yeah, but there's TV. a camera watching us. We're being paid. <laughs> other people are watching this. That's the problem. Yeah. we're They're, getting away with. Other murder. people are watching this on yeah. their smartphones. Please, quite t- possibly. T- turn us off and go call your dad. No, don't. Tell we're actually no. You're right. Wait until the show is over. Then wait till the show's over. We're contributing to the problem. We're creating content that people are watching on their phones right now. If you're watching this on your phone. So my theory is that the the TV people... Uh, the TV people. The TV people. <laughs> that, like, people that watch TV for two and a half hours a day or whatever it is, I don't think that's like actively being like... I think a lot of people come home and they turn on the TV and it just sort of exists until mm. they go to bed. It's yeah. just a voice in the apartment. And now they do that plus stare at the phone. So they're happening a lot. There's, there's, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, there is a lot of overlap. That's what I'm saying. I've also read that 11% of people sleep with the TV on. They just have it like on to help them. That's crazy. That would drive me nuts. Some people just need that yeah. noise. But I don't know about you guys, but like, when I sit down to watch a movie now or a TV show, it's like I don't just sit down to watch a movie or a TV show. I sit down and I go, okay, I have my phone or I have my 3DS. No, or get I have, the, oh, that's the worst. I don't do I don't. I, I, I don't, multitask. I have to focus. I would. Yeah. You and I would not be able to be movie buds. <laughs> you could watch it. I mean, if I miss something, I'll just ask you what happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Your worst nightmare. No, I don't even like, yeah. Like, I multitask, man. You know what, tri- what? Like dual screen monitors is what ruined that for me. Like once I started being like, oh, I have work over here, I can read the interview over here, and like marathon through the shield over here. Like I totally did that. Like marathoning through shows to me no, is something that is is very sort of passive. 
there's a difference between like watching 2009 Star Trek for the 10th time and also being like yeah. on your phone a little bit and like watching, you know, whatever, Boardwalk Empire for the first time. Well, like, sure. I mean, and like there are, ex- you know, exceptions like Breaking Bad is a show I could not look away from, yeah. right? And I don't bring my phone into the movie theater and sit there and I'm like, oh, what'd they say? <laughs> what'd you say, Interstellar? Like, I don't do that. But uh, there, there's just a lot of mindless TV out there. And That's I think true. that people are sort of, Finding a way to... In- cake boss. Cake, yeah, cake. You're not like, oh, man, what kind of flower was that? <laughs> Did you hear you got arrested? Yeah. Uh, what I think is really significant is the television achieved mass adoption in the 50s, and ever since then, it's basically been the focus of the American home. So yeah. 65 years, you just the television said, is the focus of the American home. Yeah, you said the 50s, and I said, oh, 50 years ago. That's mm-hmm. what... That, and I'm like, nope. It is yeah. almost 2015. 65 years, but... The iPhone was just introduced in 2007. Yeah. So in seven years, now people spend more time on their phones I, than I, on their TV. I think the scariest thing about that stat, too, is that for, for a very long time, people chastised the television as something that was a distraction. But I do think that there was something endearing about the way it, you know, it did sort of tear families apart, but it does bring people together. Like, people sit there and stare at it like zombies together. I don't know if you remember... Uh, when like Lost was on, mm. and I you, people would like regularly have like episode watching yeah, parties. Yeah, sure, sure. I don't know if that really happens anymore. Like I think people are very secluded with their TV watching habits now. Yeah. And whereas a TV used to bring a bunch of people into the living room around one center hub, uh, people now are consuming videos and shows and stuff like that on their own on their yeah. phones. So now you have six people in a household staring at their own devices instead of six people staring at one together. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference between that's sort of what's going on in the media business right now is the newspaper used to tell you what was important because yeah. they would put it on their front page, but now people pick and choose news from wherever they want. Like, yeah. I care about sports and video games, and I'm a Republican. So that means I read IGN, and I read ESPN, and, you know, and, and I read, yeah, and I watch Fox News. And so now you get to decide what's important for yourself instead of, you know, some third party saying, no, sure. look, you don't get to grab people and say, pay attention to this yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. And that's a total, uh, well, I was going to say total problem. I don't know whether it is or not, but it is a big shift, a big change. Yeah, I think it's it's a shift because um, discovery happens in a totally different way now. Yeah. It's not just sort of like pushing a button and then seeing something and being like, this is what I have to watch tonight. Yeah. Like that was the olden days of TV. You hit the big click thing. <laughs> Literally, it made a clicking noise. And then whatever was on was what you're, you're like, oh, well, tonight we're watching boxing, honey. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not into that. You're like, well, there's that, no other channels. So. Those three channels had the power to like shape the country's values, yeah. you know, um, and shape the conversation in a way that no one, no one has that like centralized power yeah, anymore. Yeah, true. Do you guys know what the first smartphone was? What is considered to be the first The Nokia smartphone? N-Gage. No. no. <laughs> uh, I had one of the really, really old Blackberries. No, because this, this, we can go back farther to that. The Tiger Gamecom. 1992. You gotta go back farther. I got a photo of the IBM Simon. Oh my goodness. Which I can pull up here. Here we go. Yeah. The IBM, IBM Simon personal computer introduced in 1992, <laughs> released in 1994. Was um, this portable? It was, yeah. So it's, it's a phone. It was, was that wire going, David? I don't believe you. That's like the charging <laughs> That's base. That's the base. What? Yeah, you can take out the phone off there. It's a cellular phone. $900 with a two-year contract. <laughs> $1,100 on its own. You could send and receive faxes, emails, and pages. It had an address book, a calendar, an appointment book, a calculator, a world time clock, 
electronic notepad, and a predictive keyboard. That's pretty badass. In 1992. It's we, weird uh, because I, I feel like back then everything was named after dudes. <laughs> and now it's all named after women. No, now it's just made up words like Twitter yeah. and Google. No, it ain't like, like Siri or yeah. Amazon's new thing I where said, it's just like you tell you talk to this woman. Yeah, speak your Amazon doc. Echo I, yeah. or Cortana. Also, I say made up yeah. words as if every word that has ever existed <laughs> hasn't just been made up. Oh, in my mind. Um, my dad had one of those old car phones that yeah. you like carry, like came in a pack, like I slung it over your shoulder yeah. and put it in the car. Is yeah. this what Zach Morris had? Probably. <laughs> he had a phone like that. Uh, even though that was introduced in 1992, the term... Smartphone would not be coined until 1997. Phones were stupid until 1997. Yep. <laughs> yep. The interesting thing about that phone is, uh, I mean, obviously that's super clunky, right? But I, I, I connect that to things like, uh, like the Oculus Rift today. So it's like, yeah, like you need to take some mental leaps to see like the potential of where something yeah. will be in another decade. Like that's that's why I'm kind of inclined to give things. Or shot, the first sure. yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick before we go this week, just a couple more things. I have an iPad game recommendation. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Rush Origins is out now. This is the third in the Kingdom Rush series, which is probably the best tower defense series on iPad. We did. Kingdom Rush Frontiers. The, this is the second sequel. The first sequel, Frontiers, um, is on our list of the top 25 yeah. I- iPhone games of all time. Very, very good. I haven't played the new one yet. Yeah, so this is the new one, Origins. Uh, We'll see some gameplay footage here. But basically, if you like tower defense games at all, I cannot recommend it highly enough. This one's the business. It's, they're just super polished. This is, actually, this is what the gameplay actually looks like. So they're super polished. Wow. It's got a lot of personality. Every, every single uh, unit type has a voice recorded in the game. Yeah. It's just super fun. Yeah, I totally want to play. I, like really, really I really good. like the art style. Uh, they're also really—they're not afraid to be like really challenging. Like the they are really hard. Totally yeah. get hard. So. Yeah. Look at that eagle. Uh, only cool. slightly new game mechanics. Yeah. If I've, there is a criticism, it's that it's just more of the same. You and I were I talking like about this. The Kingdom Rush games don't really change from game to game. You get like a couple new tower upgrades and new maps yeah. and stuff, and that's kind of it. But I feel like maybe they can get away with it. This is the last time they can yeah. get away with it. It's yeah. like, all right, Ironhide games. Yeah, probably. You've made the same game, the same incredible game, but you've yeah. made it kind of three times now, so it's time for you to mix it up. I've already played a bunch of it. I like it a lot. It's really fun. And then before we go, I wanted to show you guys this ad for an old game that I found here. This is for Fox Sports Golf 99 on Tumblr, man. I follow some Tumblr blogs. This is for Fox Sports Golf 99. (laughs) Easier on your home than the real thing. I like that he is, he's sliced into his cat's litter box, apparently while his cat was still in there. That's, Uh, That's animal cruelty. So he... Wow, so I don't know if he's amazing at golf in his home or he's <laughs> yeah. the worst because he found the only sand in the entire apartment. And he yeah. put a golf ball in it and then he hit it while his cat was in there. Should you, hey, should you, sir, should you wait 30 seconds for your cat to get no. down? No. I like Four. it. They didn't even get the, uh, like, a cat that's like, oh, God, he's like a, a minorly amu- uh, yeah. like yeah. annoyed cat. He's yep. like, that's There's, really. Yeah, a cat's like, it's That's fine. a pain in the ass. Happens Why is there a book on the floor, the phone? <laughs> what a yeah. disaster this guy is. <laughs> And then it does the, obviously it does the video, the old video game ad thing of three little pictures the size of potion stamps at yeah. the bottom. Yep. That's how they all were. Sports games, Fox Attitude. <laughs> what is that? I don't, I don't remember. This was 99. It's yeah. amazing how quickly 1999 also looked like 1989. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, all of that just looks bad now. It's, 99 was supposed to be, like, the most futuristic year ever. There's a, a website there for foxsportsgames.com. I don't even remember that being, like, a, a, like a, a thing. Like no. they, were, they were competing with EA Sports. And this is, like, 2K. the what, PS1 era, I guess? Yeah. 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 Wow. Also available for Windows 95 CD-ROM. That's, that guy has sure. poop all over his house now. Yeah. It's gross. Probably did already. Yeah. Sick it's, man. It's, it's spoilers. He's not a real guy. Yeah. Also, that's not a real house. That guy's probably dead by now. The cat, the cat definitely is. Yeah, the cat's 100% it's like The cat died that day when he hit him with his golf club. Uh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's really funny. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, we've had fun today. It's been good. I don't know if we're going to record an episode next week. So in case we don't, what's something about video games that we're thankful for? Next week being Thanksgiving. That's a big question, Damon. Just yeah. bring on us. Yeah, Do you well, have an answer? I was going to think about while you guys gave your answers. <laughs> um, well, so I, I think Justin kind of touched on it. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that we live in this era where we can get weird sequels to Maniac Mansion yeah. and brand new Call of Duty yeah, games. Yeah, that's really good. At, around the same time. Wow, I mean, years apart. Uh, spoilers, there'll be a Call of Duty game in two years. But I, I think it's really cool that we didn't One just... Year. It wasn't this sort of just like uh, race to the roof. Yeah. Like, we took some stops along the way and some detours, and that's... That's really cool to be able to see that, that there's, there's still old-school Nintendo games coming out. There's still the most futuristic you know, third-person action game and first-person shooters ever made. There's online multiplayer games. Yeah. And there's weird, quirky, funny, point-and-click adventure games from, from guys that make pixel art. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. feel the same way. Uh, video games have never been more broad. You know, I'm playing games like Clicker Heroes in my browser. I'm playing puzzle games on my phone. I'm playing Dragon Age Inquisition, which is yep. one of the biggest budget experiences I've ever experienced. Um, Online shooters, you know, everything big, small, and in between. It's fantastic. Yeah. There's something for everyone. I'm thankful that I get to do what I love for a living. I get to hang out with my friends and talk about video games and movies and TV all day. And I'm, I just have a really good time every day. And I'm thankful for that. Thank you. I have to thank you guys because you're the ones that make it all possible. So thank no, you well, for... No, we told them to turn the show off, so now they're here. We didn't tell them to turn the show Well, yeah, because now they're all talking to their dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, anyway, if you are in the U.S., I hope you have a great holiday week next week. And if you're not in the U.S., I hope you have a great week anyway. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Aransky, in the control room. Thank you, computer. Thanks, My name computer. is Damon, and this is IGN Gamescoop. Ben, we're out.
Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! <laughs> Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.